Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And the boys roll along here with best bets in this video for the, uh, what is it today, Wednesday slate here in the NBA. We have 10 games to choose from as we roll along. As always, we have our player props up as well in another video. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along each and every weekday of this NBA season with us. Also head to thelines.com. Use that odds finder tool that we have up there to make sure you're getting the best juice available to you from all these books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first best bet on this uh, pretty fun slate after just a little four-gamer on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, the Rockets at home against the Hawks. You got to trust the Rockets at home right now. You so. do, you have to trust that the Hawks are worth fading. Uh, with no Jalen Johnson, Bogdanovich questionable, Capella playing through a knee injury. Uh, I mean, Atlanta has just been the, the most disappointing team, according to the market, in the NBA. 6-20 and 20 against the spread is the worst record. Um, they're five and 16 in non-division games, four and 17 on a normal one day rest here in their last 18. They've covered three times, uh, as I detailed what against Detroit, Washington, and then they got the back-to-back situation against Toronto and got that inconsistent team, but they've lost six of their last eight on the road with a 125 defensive rating, not getting to the free throw line. And that is probably the most key stat here. I mean, they are staying in these games or competing. Uh, by hitting threes, uh, but the Houston Rockets, among the many things they do very well on defense, are the number one three-point defense in the league, also limit fast break points, and give up the fewest paint points at home. Their one weakness is the free throws they allow, uh, but that even that is lesser at home, where they've won 11 straight, and they're now 10-1-1 against the spread since dropping their home opener to the Warriors, 4-0-1 as home favorites. It's a small spread of just minus three right now. Uh, not seeing too much movement, uh, which is just great. I, I don't know what reason we really have to buy into Atlanta in this spot. Uh, I mean, if without Bogdanovich, I think they're really in trouble. He was basically the reason they pulled out of that nosedive and beat Toronto. I mean, they, they're playing good team ball, but to get that third scorer out there was huge. Uh, and without him in their last game, we saw Wes and Garrison Matthews combined for 34 minutes, which is not a... Good recipe here for a Houston Rockets team that has a lot of size and, and explosiveness on the wing. I mean, Tari Eason didn't yeah. see any props up for him yet, but I would probably take him to put up, continue putting up numbers in this matchup. Um, and, and I mean, if it comes down to the clutch here, Houston, you know, very good clutch numbers at home. Atlanta, 28th in offensive rating, 25th in net and rebounding rate in the clutch on the road. Houston coming off consecutive road losses to Milwaukee and Cleveland. No tough spots, but expected to bounce back here. <clears throat> Minus three. And speaking of bounce back, I mean, the Indiana Pacers, if you want a, par- a money line parlay partner here, they're minus 10 at home against Charlotte. Lost four straight since the in-season tournament here, but Indy's going to get right against Charlotte, a Charlotte team without LaMelo Ball. Uh, I don't really have much suspense about that being a win for the Pacers after they got drubbed by the Clippers. So that gets you even money, and I would honestly go a unit and a half between just the Rockets on this small spread and a nice money line parlay. Hell yeah, uh, I, I agree with all of it. I, I would, I honestly look. I, I left the Hawks for you. I, it sounds like a cop out, but I, I literally was looking at the slate last night, and I go, oh, the Rockets at home under five points. I know my boy at this point. I know he's going to want this spread, and I fully agreed with it. Um, I, I guess I could have done a little work to help you out with some stats. My apologies 
Um, but you got you did it. You got there. You did great. Uh, and and I agree with the uh, the Pacers. I can't wait for that conversation. That's going to be just flooding your NBA podcasts. Of is the in season tournament bad for teams after they play in it? Yeah, yeah. They end up losing a bit because they just played this really hype tournament, and then they come down on on a little bit of a come down. Right, like the high is coming down. It's really the end of the night. It's not fun anymore. They're coming back now. It's their next day. They drink water. They're hydrated. So I agree with the Pacers pick as well. Uh, let me go ahead and take an over that might feel scary because I'm talking about two teams in the Southeast Conference or Southeast Conference. Uh, the down down there, Southeast. Yeah, it's the division. But anyway, um, the they uh, the 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 Heat are at Orlando. The total is two eighteen and a half. It's up to two twenty and a half now. Uh, is the best that you can find. It definitely. CLV there for those of you who took it last night, but uh, more importantly, it's, it's Orlando at home. And like I said, this is, I think just low because of the the public perception that the books are aware of that your, your two teams that have historically in the last, let's say three, four years been, well, for the magic, since they started being good three or four years ago, at least on defense and the heat are always going to, are always going to heat on defense, but the magic were, they're up to 120 points per game at home. Uh, This is the situation that you take them in. Uh, I, I tried to get cute and take them, uh, on the road as well. It's just not where they're as scoring as many points. So uh, the, the 120 they're scoring at home versus the 106 on the road, pretty stark. They they are crashing the boards a ton. There's going to be no Evan Mobley in there uh, for the Cavs when one or of he or, or Jared Allen is missing. Their rebound percentage drops pretty clearly. Um, and the 35% offensive rebound percentage plus 60 points in the paint that the, the uh, Magic are scoring at home, both number one in the league. I would expect that to be able to to continue, to be honest with you. Uh, Bam's back in there, and that's always going to be helpful. Uh, but they are giving up points in the paint more than they normally do the Heat. They're also giving up points in the fast break. And the Magic are transitioning a bit more at home than they do on the road, although they're still playing at like a 97 and a half pace. Uh, they do seem to just have a little bit of a, more of a fluid offense. Like I said, the the, the Heat giving up the um, eighth most points in the paint this season. The matchup overall, like you can get some second, you, you can't really get second chance points against the Heat, but you have been able to get free throws against them as of late as well. So attacking the rim should mean clock stoppage, more easy free points while the clock is stopped, things of that nature. Um, and then with Fultz out, it's just, it's Cole Anthony. So that means a lot less defense for the Magic and a lot more offense for the Magic. Um, I, I don't think there's really a, qual- I mean, Jalen Suggs is going to be out there and he is going to be taking on Tyler Hero predominantly, but that is going to leave some other guys open where they're most vulnerable, the Magic, on the on the wing and really up top coming from the point guard position because Jalen Suggs has really been a one-man defensive stopper sort of on the wing with Marco Fultz not playing very much as he's been wont to do. So the, they score 115 uh, points per game without Fultz versus eight with him. This is uh, 14 games versus 10 games, so pretty much the same sample size of with or without him. Uh, they, they allow 111 with him, so these games averaging 226 when Fultz is not in versus uh, averaging about 213 when he is in. That's a very big difference. 13 points a game. The pace goes up a bit as well because, as I said, you've got Cole Anthony in there who equals pay, uh, space, pace, um, and not very much defense with a small guard who can still get into the lane and gets his free throws as well, which is very uh, a good reason that you might consider some Cole Anthony props in this one when they come out. Yeah, I mean, this line is fair, I would have to say. I mean, Bam coming back in there makes me a little more reluctant to take a heat over uh, just because he'll help the defense so much because we have seen Orlando really spike between these these massive outputs from Paolo and Franz and then just like under 100 when they face a good defense. And Miami is a good defense with Bam, um, you know, a much more reliable regular season player than than Jimmy being out here tonight. Um, but I mean, you're going to look at some player props here with Jimmy out people to fill the void offensively. And that's probably the angle I would go with here. 
more minutes for Hawkes, our boy, uh, and and Kyle Lowry and Caleb Martin and, and the likes. Um, kind of interested in Miami to just win the game. Uh, big brother, this this team. Uh, but I'm not taking a winner here in this Knicks-Nets game. I'm just going to take Jalen Brunson to keep doing what he's doing, being unstoppable. 25-plus uh, points, 5-plus assists is even money, or, or slightly plus money right now. As both these teams return home from a West Coast road trip uh, to face each other in, in the sleepy Barclays Center, not really a home court advantage for anyone. Brunson has just absolutely killed the Nets in his last two, 40 points per game on 77-73% shooting, which I, I just like literally have to double check and wipe the screen. A 170 offensive rating, not even absurd usage. It's 29%. He's been slightly higher than that in his last five since the Knicks have kind of adjusted their play style without Mitchell Robinson. 29 points per game, seven assists per game for Brunson. I mean, he only had a 13% assist rate against the Lakers um, in, in a very muddled physical game. Only got three assists. But prior to that, I mean, cleared this assist prop pretty handily with a 29 assist percent rate in, in his last four. If we see more Dante DiVincenzo out there, coinciding with more Isaiah Hardenstein, because thankfully for Knicks fans, Jericho Sims is injured, so we don't have to deal with that anymore. Um, you know, that's going to help this the pace and space, I think, more for the Knicks. DiVincenzo is a... Great cutter, uh, and I, I, I assume that that helps Brunson get more assists. We're talking about a Nets defense that is vulnerable against the point guard, allows the highest assist-to-turnover ratio in the league, doesn't give up a ton of bulk assists, but to the point guard position in their last seven, 9.3 assists along with 30.5 points per game. So, I mean, Brunson, if he can do this against physical interior defenses like the Lakers, uh, where he continued his incredible scoring output and clutch scoring, I have full faith that he can continue to burn this Nets team that's just not particularly good on defense. Yeah, I, I was a bit nervous uh, about picking this game. Um, these these teams definitely tend to go uh, a bit more over, and there's definitely a bit more points. Mitchell Robinson not in is also good for points, obviously. And I, I would agree. I, I have nothing else to really add. I wanted to look at um, some of the uh, some of the um, Julius Randle stuff as well, but or even like a potential fade of of not even a fade, really taking like a Nick Claxton somebody because the Knicks, unsurprisingly, in you know in their last four or five games in the last week, basically they've gone from like the second or third best team at defending the center position to right like bottom ten at this point, uh, which is very unsurprising. But actually, the having Hartenstein in there with his recent seventeen rebound performance actually makes me feel a little bit better. Um, about about the Knicks for this one and, and not taking Claxton, whose minutes I can't trust. So Brunson is is the best bet for, for anybody that I would feel most comfortable with in this game. But uh, let me close it out with the ageless one, Kyle Lowry, and take over eight and a half points for him. It's just too low. I, if, if he's going to play the 32, 33, 34 minutes that he's been playing over the course of the last like 10 games, really the last five, he's averaged 33 a game. Uh, there's no Jimmy Butler tonight. I, I would... It's just he's in the starting lineup. He's playing a lot of minutes. Nine points is way too low. His three-point prop is at one and a half with like minus 160 to the over, meaning you think he's going to score two threes, but you don't think he's going to get three more points than that in 30 minutes of, of playing time. I, I got to go with it. Um, so look at the splits. Uh, I mean, without Jimmy, he's played four games this season. Uh, also last season, another same example here, same type of stuff, but his minutes rise from 33 to 29 this season. Um, he is up to 12 and a half points per game with Jimmy out there and has gone over in all four of the, uh, of those games. He is averaging six threes a game 
in those those games without Jimmy uh, and and over the last 10 as well, basically up to about five threes a game, even in the games that Jimmy is in. So the usage is up to 18% from 12%. I mean, that's like a dude who's just standing around hoping he gets a shot to a dude that like is forcing his own five to seven shots per game with that level of difference in the usage rate right there. The free throw attempts go up from three to one. Not like it's breaking the bank, but I just like to know that there's involvement and he's attacking the rim in the minutes that he has when he's playing a lot. Orlando allows the fifth most points per game to the point guard position. It's difficult to say, is Tyler Hero going to be bringing up the ball just as much as Kyle Lowry? Like, it's not really, a, it doesn't really matter on the Heat. Almost anybody can run the offense. Freaking Bam runs the offense more than both of those guys as well, I would argue, right? Like, they're <laughs> definitely going through Bam at the foul line more so than, than just being like, Tyler Hero, go ahead and figure something out as the point guard, right? Um, so I do think that that works well for Lowry to play off of Bam as well. A little bit of the pick and roll, but also the spot-up shooter aspect for Kyle Lowry, who's never met a straight-on three that he didn't like from almost anywhere on the floor. Um, that is exactly where Orlando is the most vulnerable, at the top of the defense, up at the top of the key, against a three-point line, against point guards. Let's go Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and this, I mean, that kind of fits with the narrative of Miami just big-brothering this team, thinking like, oh, yeah, you're you're the upstart in Florida you think uh, you're the better Eastern Conference team at this point, the better team in this division. Like, no, we're we're just going to show our veteran presence and toughness and just and just beat you as underdogs, right, at Orlando. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, I expect Kyle Lowry would be a part of that if it happens. I think there's some correlation plays to look at there. And and once again, yeah, love love Hawkes getting more minutes if if his prop comes out at like 12 points or something. Jump on that. Yeah, it might, it might be up to 14 and a half these days with Jaime. Uh, someone called him the real Triple J. <laughs> Jaime Hawkins Jr. I kind of like that for him. But either way, that is all the time we have for you in this one. I agree, though, with Nate. If those Jaime Hawkins pops come out under 15 or so, I still like them. like the rebounds as well for him to get in there and, and bang. So, Nate, let's go ahead and get into your play a prop here to kick things off. Two and two last night, I will mention in the play of props, but uh, we'll, we'll pick it up and get above 500 here. Yeah, two and two, and I regret not going with my gut on Job ja Morant, who I was having a little debate with Josh about him getting twenty five, and that crazy comeback goes for thirty four. Also, we totally reversed about- roles there, where like I was like, no, I don't know, I would be, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like throwing I'm all this it. caution out there about him coming back and not having his wind, where I'm just like, my yeah, bad. it's it's a suspension, it's not an injury. <laughs> anyway. Right. We move on, and I guess maybe that's partially why I'm taking 24.5 points for Tyrese Maxey, another explosive guard, um, facing a big team. And initially, I'm looking at Embiid. The props are so elevated after he just has dominated a march of tomato cans into Philadelphia, where, you know, in the last six at home, they both Embiid and Maxey have put up crazy numbers considering they haven't played in three fourth quarters in that span. Maxie's gotten 27 a game along with six and a half assists on 28% usage with Embiid getting 38% usage. So it's just very reliable who's going to be shooting on this team. And I like the Maxie angle is it's obviously a little more vulnerable of a number and Embiid has to bang with Gobert and Maxie's facing a bigger defensive team and against these teams that are like, would be represented as like really good in the paint, really good on the wing. He generally goes for about 30. Like, look at this game, the game log. 29 against Chicago, 33 Nola, 31 against LA in three quarters, 30 against Cleveland, 34 Toronto, 31 Milwaukee. Yes, he only had 16 and 8 at Minnesota uh, about a month ago, November 22nd, and he shot very poorly. But he does average two more points per game at home, 26 and a half. He still averages this 24 and a half on the road. 
And and that comes again, despite the lower minutes, because four of their last five home games have been blowouts. The Wolves and Sixers are probably going to play a very close game here. Um, you know, I, I despite the really good defensive rating for both teams, Minnesota is much more vulnerable on the road. And Anthony Edwards is the primary defensive matchup. His defensive rating is 10 points worse on the road than it is at home. And I, I don't know, I mean, how much of the eye test you, you can see, but since he, he really hurt his hip, I mean, has his defense struggled a little bit. He's certainly fallen off as that true two-way dominant force that we saw to open the season that was like really in the MVP conversation. Um, and so I don't know if he can keep Tyrese, maybe the fastest guy off the dribble, out of the paint here um, and, and out of, you know, from getting his points uh, at home in a close game. I, I dig it. I'll keep riding with Max. I thought his prop would still stay up around 25 and a half or so, but um, if you can get him to get 25 points still at home, I, I'm with it. I, I really have not, not, not too much to add. Um, this is another like decent matchup. Anyway, I, I don't think that there's a true stopper out there for Maxi specifically uh, on Minnesota, where that is the only point of the, the court that they might be slightly vulnerable on defense right now, especially on the road. So let me go under, uh, for Jared Allen, this might seem a little bit scary as well because they're playing the Jazz, but let me talk about it. Jared Allen, under 26 and a half points and rebounds. Um, and it wa- it's a Walker Kessler bet. It's just it's what I continue to look for is these moments in time where the books, the public perception, whomever is the reason that this line is so high for Jared Allen isn't taking into consideration that Utah has Walker Kessler. And when they have Walker Kessler in there, they are a top five defensive team down low, bar none, period. Um, you can score on them from the outside a bit more, but I will also say that Colin Sexton equals much more defense than Keontae George or Jordan Clarkson, who are both out for this game. So maybe there will be a little bit more defense in the backcourt for Utah. Either way, for Jay Allen, um, Walker Kessler's back. He's been back for the last two and a half weeks. In those last two weeks, Utah has climbed um, all the way up from like a bottom 15 team in terms of defending and limiting centers to the six fewest rebound uh, points per game, two centers, the fewest rebounds per game two centers in the last two weeks because once again of the fact that he's back, uh, Mr. Kessler, they are up to seventh in limiting opponents uh, rebounding on the season. They were outside of the top 10 for most of this season because of the fact that Walker Kessler was hurt for the first month or so. Um, And Allen is going to be playing without Evan Mobley, which might make you think again, Oh, that means that he's just going to gobble everything up. And to be honest, it doesn't because there's not really much in the way of rebounding for this team outside of those two guys, Max Struess, notwithstanding, by the way, really underrated rebounder. We move on. Um, actually, might even consider his rebounds in a situation like this, uh, where Jared Allen's going to be busy boxing out Walker Kessler. His rebound chances are, are pretty high, but they're not. the rebound percentage is not high because, again, it's sort of the Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle thing. There's a lot of times where he's just boxing everybody out for Julius Randle to get the boards. Same concept here for Allen and Mobley, um, where I do believe Allen is the enforcer more so, and Mobley is the you know, you're free to go get the rebound kind of guy in the six games without Mobley. He's at 11 points per game, eight and a half boards and 30 minutes. His minutes are lower with Mobley, but his points go up and his rebounds are the same. 13 points a game with Mobley, 8.3 boards and 28 minutes per game. So like he's way less efficient with Mobley on the bench or not even out there. He's played 22 games this season. He's gone over 18 times. So this just tells me it's a bloated line because of, once again, this incorrect perception that he's going to be better without Mobley and get more rebounds and that Utah is just not that good. 15 and a half points is really what the the, the main issue is here with Jared Allen. Like maybe you prefer to just take the under on the points because you are scared that he can have the random 15 rebound game. And I get that. But if he gets 15 rebounds and needs 12 points, I still feel comfortable with it. And 15 rebounds would be wild, right? So I, I do think that this is too high and that it should be around like 21, 22 and a half. 
Yeah, that's fair. I was going to ask you about the points uh, versus the rebounds because, yeah, there could be some really bad offense from Utah on the road against this Cavs defense. But, I mean, they have been pretty solid lately with THT and, and Colin Sexton balling awesome. out. A revenge spot for Sexton. We we have to plug mm-hmm. it once again. I mean, he's gone over his prop in like five straight. Still only yep. one point higher if you want the good juice. And Donnie Mitchell projected for 32 and a half uh, without Garland on the other side of the ball. So, I mean, when Mitchell just looks for his shot like this, he doesn't really look for his center on, as a dump off, right? He can just get to the rim. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, who's going to be rebounding the ball? Dean Wade. Dean Wade, that's who. Um, coming in Dean from the Wade. wing. So, yeah, interested in his performance as well. I'm going to try to get some Pacers inflation here and take a Charlotte Hornet in a game with a 250 total. Brandon Miller, let's go with the Rook. 22.5 points, rebounds, assists. He's averaging over that in his last 10, 16 points, 4.1 rebounds, 2.5 assists on 23.5% usage, despite some pretty poor shooting, shooting 40% from the field, but 41% from deep, which is helpful against a Pacers team that gives up the highest percentage from deep, even though they limit attempts. They also give up the most paint points and the most free throws, So, and the fourth most points to small forwards. So Brandon Miller going to be able to get to the rim here. Miles Turner is questionable as well, which would just turn this into a complete track meet free for all where everybody's going over uh but miller's numbers are still pretty low uh in part because i mean they've played some really tough defenses lately and he's still been able to go over this in three of his last five on the road those three against miami new york knicks and the orlando magic i mean they're very tough interior defenses compared to the indiana pacers that i just detailed and he's playing like over 36 minutes, even if the Hornets get blown out, right? I mean, they've they've lost by 10 plus in four of their last five on the road. He's still playing 36.6 minutes per game. We know Lamella Ball is out. They just want to give him a look. Their season is not going anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, Brandon Miller to just attack this this Pacers defense and score in a in a game with a very high scoring environment. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I'm assuming it's two and a half threes for Brandon Miller. I continue to attack that in situations where teams like the the Pacers don't don't well, don't defend the three, don't really defend down low, don't really defend. To be honest, the Indiana Pacers. Thank God they have a D in their name, so we could do that. Let's close it out with our boy uh, La Flama Blanca and heretofore La Flama Blanca. Just so you know, I'm no longer calling him Kobe White, so you know who I'm talking about when I reference him. <laughs> Thirty three and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I'm going all the way with all of the stats for him. Um, Weird game to to try to break down with the out the understanding. Do you think Le, LeBron or AD are playing? Do you have any in, indication there? Because they're both just questionable. But they both have props up. So same yeah, old they both story. have props up. Same old story. Chris Stapps had props up yesterday, but he didn't and play, which was wonderful for that Derek White bet. But uh, the 33 and a half PRA for Kobe. Last nine games since Levine's been out. I also just want to mention this. It was a seven point spread for uh, the in favor of the visiting Lakers which I couldn't get to early enough because as soon as I saw it, it was already at minus four for the Lake show. And I'm looking at still at minus four. I think I would still take that. I love getting it over five if you can, but I, I, I might as well just take the book like four points is kind of like, well, let's just take the money line for the bulls at home at this point as well. But um, they're, they're the best team against the spread in their last nine games since they lost Zach Levine, whose trade value is just plummeting every day that this team is so much better without him. Um, eight and one against the spread seven and two to the over this ain't your, I can't even say your older brother bulls because it's like literally four weeks ago 
Uh, this ain't your newborn's bulls if he was born four weeks ago. Like, this is a team that is fun to watch. It's crazy to say that the bulls are fun to watch. The bulls are scoring in the top 10 in terms of field goals made off of assists. If you've been following anything to do with Chicago for like three seasons now, you know that they are always in the bottom five in terms of the amount of shots that they make that are assisted because it's your turn, my turn, and then some clunky form of Nikola Vucevic trying to play with those two guards. Well, Kobe White, man, is the glue and and a superstar glue. Like he's borderline all-star right now uh, without Zach Levine in those last nine games, averaging 25 points, averaging nearly seven uh, rebounds and seven assists, six and a half boards to be very clear. So that gets you above the 33 pretty comfortably, up to about 37 a game in terms of those stats right there, 38. Uh, and, and against the Lakers, like, this is where you score from mostly. I, I've been picking on D'Lo for a while. I will say, temper, it, uh, to this, temper your expectations from just from the, the standpoint that Gabe Vincent's back. And Gabe Vincent is a good defender, not great defender. And we'll <laughs> see how good of a defender he is not in a Miami Heat, the culture kind of defense system, because we haven't really seen him much this year although he is better um, as, as the defending point guard than obviously D'Lo is, or even at this point, like Torian Prince, who's tried to guard guys that are just way too quick for him. But more importantly for uh, Kobe White, I don't think there's a great matchup for him. Um, Vanderbilt might not play as well. He's also questionable, which gives you another plus defender that could be off the floor. White's gone, oh, excuse me, La Flama Blanca has gone over an eight of nine since Levine went down. He's leading the team with 40 minutes per game as well. What's interesting is the usage rate goes up, uh, doesn't go up that high. It was at about like, well, I'm sorry, with Levine out, it goes up a lot, um, but it stayed around 24%. So like he's flying up to like 30%. And now it's, once again, it's because it's not your turn, my turn with he and DeMar DeRozan. They're spacing. The potential assists have gone up for both he and DeMar DeRozan because there's actual ball movement and there's actual assists to be have, as I mentioned a minute ago. Um, and so I think that's just going to keep working for him. The other thing I love about him is he's getting to the paint. Um, and Kobe White, I think that by, you know, if he stays on this trajectory, by next season, we're talking about a seven free throw attempts kind of point guard, which you love to get for seven free throw attempts from your, your starting point guard. Like that's that's found money for sure. There's very, very few guards that get to the free throw line seven times and he's doing it five times. And I think he'll only be told to continue to attack even more. He's scoring 30 percent of his points in the paint, uh, which over the course of the last nine games is good for top 10 most among point guards um, and consider shy a point guard. He really ruins all that stuff, as does Luca. But whatever you want to do with that, the rebound chances go up to actually third on the team. The attempt, the potential assist number one on the team. So I just love the the volume that he's experiencing. The, the Lakers bottom 10 and uh, allowing 10th most points, third most rebounds and 12th most assists two point guards this season. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, La Flama Blanca is a great bet to continue going for all the stats in this one. Yeah, it's a, it's, it is a trap spot here for the Lakers. I mean, not that they've been winning prior to this trap spot, but they, it's a look ahead spot because they got the Wolves tomorrow night back to back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if AD or LeBron misses the front end here. Then they get OKC. Then they get the Celtics on Christmas. And um, yeah, it's just a non-conference game, you know, on the road, on this road trip that they're on. They're just not not bringing it consistently gave Vincent first game back. Right. I mean, he's probable, but it, he hasn't played mm. in a while. So it's not like he's going to stay, keep in front of this really quick point guard. Vanderbilt looks like he'll play, but he'll be on different, you know, DeRozan or someone else. Yeah. But yeah, if AD or LeBron sits as well, then you, you do like a little bit more production here from the bulls. And right now, Kobe white is the engine of this bulls offense. So interesting, you know, Zach Levine is is probably his most likely landing spot is the Lakers. So I don't know how that plays into the motivation mm. as as the, mm. you know, they continue to show that he's not valuable by winning. Um, maybe the Lakers are fine with that so that they can get him for less. Uh, but I mean, that's just, you know, 
playing four dimensional chess when all we really need is Kobe White to keep putting up the numbers he's been putting up. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yep, a hundred percent. We'll look to uh, to get into the uh, the sweeps here for you on this Wednesday slate with these player props. And that is all the time that we have for you. Continue to follow along. Check out the best bets video as well that we have up for you each and every weekday. Till we see you next. Happy betting. Just give it up, up, up.